and welcome back to Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. I'm Travis. I'm in Northeast LA today with Joe Hartzler. I'm over at his place, and Josh is still up in the northern reaches of Vermont. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Uh, good. It's been chilly here, but not nearly as chilly as uh, a dear Josh has must must be experiencing. Yeah, well, he's tough though. So, and uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that. <laughs> Joe's been in a lot of stuff. He's done UCB for a while. He was on the Herald team Flap Jackson. He was on the Mod team, which is a sketch team called Up, Up, Up for a long time. He's been in a lot of commercials. He's been in some movies, uh, most recently one called Drib with uh, Brett Gelman in it and Double Eagle. And the earliest show with Lauren Lapkus and Ben Schwartz, and that was on Funny or Die. I really enjoyed watching that. Wow, so, I, I can't believe... Um I honestly, the last two I, I'm so proud of. The earliest show is one of my favorite things, and I was so lucky to get to do it. Honestly, that's what it came down to, pure luck. And uh, I happened into that. And then Drib is a movie that I act, it's actually really good. Like I keep telling people, you should see it. It's actually like a really, really cool movie. You can find it on Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, we can talk about them even more. Yeah, it's great. To, we're really excited to have you here. And yeah, I really like your place over here, over in East L.A. I don't get over here as much, but I'm actually moving over the, to this side. So. Oh, wow. Welcome to the neighborhood. Where, yeah. where, are, you, uh, where are you going? Around Highland Park. Ooh, yeah. cool. cool. <laughs> you have to get like a little fedora hat or something. I know. I've, got a, I've been looking around. So, yeah. And I really like your backyard. You've got, that's quite the cool setup you've got back here. It yeah, sorry. Like a, I just kicked the whole table. Yeah, I'm... Uh, Honestly, this is another thing. I can't believe that I happened into this uh, situation. It's a, I'm super fortunate to be able to get to use this space. Yeah. And um, I don't know how it happened. It's a straight-up miracle, but uh, we're taking something. Something cool happened, and so I'm trying to make it even cooler. I'm trying to, like make a show back there. Yeah, it looks like a, um, it could be like one of those government uh, things in the Antarctic, you know? Like a base, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's would all not, metal. Yeah. That building would not fare well down yeah, there. Yeah. Down, down there. Uh, yeah. Joe, do you do some boxing in this hangar you have in your backyard? I think I've seen some pictures of you boxing back there. Yeah, there. It used to be a full boxing gym. So when we moved in, there was a whole ring and a bunch of heavy bags and a speed bag, and and we sold some of the stuff and gotten rid of some of it. But uh, there's still a heavy bag. That I, uh, and a speed bag, and the speed bag is really fun. It's a oh. blast. Um, if you've never hit one, it's like all kind of like just timing. And it, you kind of learn to control your... I think that's part of it is the control. It's not just... You don't just pit, wail away on it. You kind of have to have some control and consistency to your punches. There's a rhythm. So, yeah, I mean, I got to try it the other day. You invited me over to do something, and I had a lot of fun. And uh, I, I can really just whack it one time. I'm not Muhammad Ali yet, but uh, <laughs> but so, it's fun, right? Yeah, you get a good it's whack. Fun. So it's if you addicting. if you guys ever uh, are threatened by a man with a speed bag shaped head, uh, you're gonna clean up, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As long as he comes back at the, in the perfect timing. Yeah, he keeps <laughs> nodding at you. <laughs> yeah. Dunk, 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 dunk. And Joe, you. When did you first come out to L.A.? Because I, I can't remember. Wow. Was it around the same time as us? We were 2006, I think. Yeah, yeah. that is the year I moved here. I did. A, I finished my college schooling by doing a semester out here of like a sort of a crash course film school type thing. And then the next uh, 
the next year, like the, in February or March, I moved out. February, I think I moved out in 2006. And you're from Ohio, right? I'm from Ohio, and I got into comedy, and I got into improv, and my buddy Barrick, who is also out here now, oh, yeah. was in an improv group called Isaac Improv with Chip Conrad, started by Chip Conrad, and uh, Kyle Nice and Barrick Hardley were the three guys, and then I joined them and toured with them on and off for a couple years and then finished school. Oh, like tour, did you go to other colleges and stuff? Or? Yeah, we kind of, oh man, we're right into the thick of it. We came out of the uh, the church world, so that's kind of, like my college was kind of a christian college. Oh, okay. And uh, oh, even as I start to say this, I'm starting to get irate because I just started, immediately I thought of Trump because that's what I equate it with now is that... Uh, because I'm so disappointed by that base who, mm-hmm. look, I throw a lot of shade towards that community nowadays, but it's mm-hmm. only because I love them so much. And they that community is really where I got my start. And so many churches were so good to us. Uh, so I, I, oh, I so don't want to perform improv in the churches. We performed at churches a lot. And then we got into performing at colleges and conferences. In fact, I uh, one time performed. Oh, man, I hate to even say this. Because now I don't think I would ever do it. But I performed at Liberty University for their senior graduation, and we got a standing ovation. Me and my friend said, "Oh yeah, yeah." And uh, oh, why wouldn't you do it now, though? I think now uh, I disagree with the politics so much that I I would have a hard time getting past that and forgiving the uh, school for disseminating what I think is some real a narrow view. But mm-hmm. okay, I don't want to get into it too much. And let me just express a lot of love for that community. It's the only yeah. reason I'm so critical. I would never be so critical of a, of s- something I didn't know so well. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm criticizing myself and my own a little bit. Yeah. So, but did you, when you guys would do scenes, um, in a, like a church environment, would you guys kind of tone it down and not drop any like F bombs or anything or? Yeah, we kept it real clean, real clean. But one of the things that was frustrating about that environment was anything that could be construed as bad, they would construe it as bad, even if it wasn't anything bad, which would get a little frustrating. There was a lot of like homophobia and stuff like that. Like uh, we'd play these short form games like freeze or something like that. So you'd freeze. And if anybody was in a weird position, everybody would start going like freaking out. Ooh, you know, like making it. (laughs) Like if you could interpret it as being like an inappropriate yeah. Or I don't know what's inappropriate. But and like, this is, mind you, this is 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. This is 15 years ago. So yeah. it's a different, different world. But it was great. I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff about it. And look, I don't want to just criticize it because, frankly, some of my favorite shows I ever did were those shows still. And I yeah. performed at UCB for years and years. There's something really magical about going into an audience that has never seen improv before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know. They're not a bunch of like weird improv nerds who have been like cultured and taught to um, behave a certain way in the shows and react a certain way. Mm-hmm. They're taught to be so supportive and stuff. This was like a totally different vibe and you had to win the audience over and sometimes you didn't. Oh, really? Yeah. Like you just have kind of one of those ones where it's quiet for quite a while? Yeah. 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 Sometimes it would not. Um, okay, here was an interesting trend we we would notice. Like we would go into Dallas and we would have a couple of shows. And uh, maybe one night we'd go to like the poor church, poor mm-hmm. side of town. Mm-hmm. 
they don't get a lot of stuff like this. Like this was uh, maybe the rich church brought us into town and afforded to get us there. And then we would, if somebody didn't have a budget, we would, uh, you know, maybe offer some discount rate shows just so we could still stay active and, and busy and stuff like that. So we'd go and uh, maybe we're doing the uh, uh, a church that doesn't get a lot of this stuff. And the kids would be like amazing. The youth groups would be amazing. They'd really and love it. We, we, I literally mem- re- remember this happening, getting a standing ovation one night. And then the very next night, we went across town to the super mega church. Awesome. Like... The lighting's incredible. All the materials in the building are like top notch. It like feels like a performing arts school or something. It feels like this amazing theater. The acoustics are amazing. Like uh, it's the perfect show setup. Mm-hmm. And the students hate us because they're bored because they get this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't care. And and it would become like an uphill battle anytime it was like if they if you didn't win them over right away it could be trouble. So they were yeah the the spoiled crowd wasn't as fun in a way like. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like they were... And this is in Dallas? I don't or, know. I want to blame cities, it on Texas, yeah. but it might it may well have been somewhere else. But yeah, it's like a bigger city. We spent a lot of time in Texas, so a lot of, lot of Texas. And got and so, I again, I like, I, uh, I'll give Texas a hard time sometimes because mm-hmm. it's a bit rootin' tootin' for my taste. Mm-hmm. But some amazing people uh, and amazing experiences I had there. Yeah, in terms of like... Uh, the, like what you guys logistically did. So this was you were all hopping a van together, yeah. and then from your college <laughs> you would drive to these other places and churches. We so I just got to know these guys through because they did a show at my college, and I started I got on their email list, and mm-hmm. then they were looking for an intern, and lo and behold, I was about the only <laughs> person willing to just drop everything and go on a tour for four months. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you would just, I flew out to California having met these guys that hung out with them at Denny's like after their show one time. And this is Barrick also? Barrick, yeah. And I just really hit it off. I I thought, and they killed it. They were so good. Uh, they had incredible rapport. They had been performing together for years. And it was a tough learning curve. I was so unfunny for a while. Oh, I bet you've always been funny. You know? Oh, it was bad. Early on, it was bad. So you toured with them, um, and then... You then after touring, then you settled in L.A. and got with UCB. Then, yeah, yeah. So on tour with that group, we actually went through New York once and made a point to go see Upright Citizens Brigade. And I saw like a movie form. It was the first time I ever saw long form. And as soon as I saw that, we actually kind of started working towards the long form type show. But we still would do like we'd do like thirty or forty minutes of short form, and then do like end with like a longer like 20 or 30 minute scene sometimes and where would you guys do it around la just kind of wherever oh well this was when we were back when we were touring oh Um, okay and before we before i moved out here so that's what put it in my mind to come to ucb and after that show i saw at ucb i remember having a long conversation with neil casey was real cool to me oh yeah and had like a long conversation with him um about comedy and ucb and blah 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 all you, that stuff. Do you remember who was in that show, that movie? Neil Casey is the only person I really remember, and maybe Gethard was doing it. Um, but it's other I don't know. Oh, okay. He was the only one I really remember. Oh, so Gethard was out in L.A. for that? He. This was in New York, oh, wait, by this the is way. In New York. Sorry, Sorry. This was yeah. in New York, so this oh, was like okay. way so, back. So like this the is... original mm-hmm. theater, or the one that was down that just shut down recently. Yeah, so then when I knew I was going to go to L.A., 
because I wanted to try to be an actor. One of the other appealing reasons of going to L.A. was they were just opening UCB out here. It had only Mm -hmm. been open for like a year or something like that by the time I got out here and got to taking classes. And I think you guys will probably, you can probably attest because you've gone back there since, but totally different landscape. Oh, like how how it's grown and how it has like two different buildings and it's just lots of people know about it now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though, I mean, we were there. Like, I, I had to stop myself cause I was about to. <laughs> oh, add a lot to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I was kind of just, you know, grazing the top there, but, uh, yeah, it is very different. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. not, it doesn't seem as, uh, as, it was like wide open when I first went there. It was no no rules, kind of. Yeah, and, like uh, you go to a show and there's maybe like seven people watching, which is funny for us to say because it had been going previously in New York for like a decade before even that, right? Yeah, but how do you think, though, what are the big ways the theaters changed since then? Basically, I don't know. It just started feeling weird to me. Um, I think after nearly, a de- I was approaching a decade feeling like I was getting close. You know, it was like I was, do- I was at the theater every night of the week. I was doing improv constantly. I was doing shows constantly. I was on Herald Night. I was on Mod Night. And then doing intermittent shows in addition to that. Mm-hmm. Plus trying to do indie shows. And then I just, it stopped working for me. Look, run a comedy theater is, it's an insane place. It's wonderful when it's working for you, and when it stops working for you, it starts to feel like Lord of the Flies. Oh, oh I saw you posted the other day <laughs> yeah. that the, the theater is like the Lord of the Flies. But uh, when did you... What I was wondering is, when did you start doing your trophy case show? Okay, so I've also had a million wonderful experiences at UCB, and... Um, but Trophy Case actually started at an indie theater. I wasn't able to just get a show at UCB, even after nearly a decade of countless <laughs> doing, you know, like I was handed the dirtiest sketch show in L.A., a show I did not want to do. But um, Oh, the dirtiest sketch L.A. Oh, wait, can I just talk about that a second? <laughs> yes. Wait, so when I first, Josh and I first started hanging around more, uh, there was a show called The Dirtiest Sketch Show in L.A., and people would try to make the dirtiest possible sketches to win for the night, the best sketch show, and yeah. you hosted it, and you would play the dirtiest boy in L.A., wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, occasionally I would be the dirtiest boy in L.A. And, who was uh, like a you like a boy <laughs> character who would wear a you had like a what like a baseball glove on and some you'd have dirt on your face yeah like, and yeah. I'd be like my shirt was like smeared with my I'd have dirt on my face and my shirt said farting and was like smeared with pudding or something <laughs> like that <laughs> I thought it was really funny yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff but um in those days I I would have had a little bit more of a moral hang up about like doing it doing that show I mm-hmm. wish I quickly got over. But um, was that the show where yeah, uh, notoriously did, did number two on the stage? Somebody did number two on the stage, and that happened before I took over the show. Oh, so we okay. couldn't do bodily fluids anymore, but there was still a lot, a great deal of nudity. And it just got to where I think I came on to try to fix the show a little mm-hmm. bit. And I was the main objective was these are. F- Dirty themed funny sketches. Do funny sketches. Don't just horrify everyone. <laughs> and the best there were there were some hilarious sketches like um 
I mean, just really, truly awful and hilarious sketches. I remember one particular one that won was to the tune of... Uh, oh, Benny Hill. Hill. The Benny Hill And it song. was a, like, live, like... It, there were two fetuses that were getting like the hook. Basically, it was an abortion that was happening. Oh my god! Oh man! Oh, I, I remember actually seeing that for the best of. I hate that I'm talking about all this stuff because we started in a church and now I'm in, now I'm like talking about this abortion sketch that was happening. But it was a very funny sketch, and it was. Uh, well, you didn't write it, you know. I didn't write it. It's just something I saw happen on that stage. Yeah. No. Anyway. That was a show that was sort of a nightmare and sort of amazing, but it also felt like it had hit the the it had um, heightened to its logical conclusion. I think once someone takes a shit on the stage, I don't think you can uh, heighten past that for a dirtiest sketch. I show. guess that is pretty dirty. Yeah, yeah. So I did do Trophy Case. That started at an indie theater called the Clubhouse, the original Clubhouse. And oh, down by uh, Santa Monica. And yeah, Bonnie. down on Santa Monica. And then I did it there first, then took it to the Comedy Central stage. Mm-hmm. And if you've... Have you ever done a show there? I actually haven't. I always hear about people doing them there, though. It's an interesting space. I think it's an awesome space. But for someone used to Franklin UCB, it's a huge adjustment because it's really big. It's open. It's got a bunch of seats. They're like... Bleacher style. They oh, go so up. it's like a normal traditional theater. Kind yeah, of? and yeah. you're down on the bottom. So it's a totally different space. But but that was I, I found that to be fun. I liked playing with the space, and so that always kind of became a part of our show. Those trophy case shows was really using the whole space, and I would do crazy jumps and and stuff. And then I went back to the clubhouse and did another show, and I jumped over my roommate's car on a BMX bike. That was mm-hmm. like the big finale. Oh, right. I remember seeing photos of that because you were doing this a lot, like right after we left, I remember. And and what was the whole theme of the trophy case show or like? Basically, it was me showing off is what it comes <laughs> down to. But uh, I would also start writing it sort of online. It, I, I was sort of in character a little bit as sort of who I am, but amped up a lot. And then um, I would start with bits online. So like if Johnny Swartzbein made a comment or something like that, he, he made me angry. So I banned him <laughs> from a show. And then I wrote a bit where like the show started before the show started with me getting in a fight with Johnny in the lobby mm-hmm. and demanding he leave. And it was like this crazy, it would get real awkward and we'd get into a huge fight. And then, um, you know, cause we hadn't said the show started yet, so it was always kind of fun to play with that idea. With that, uh, oh, that's kind of cool. So, yeah. and it was really Johnny was really there, and you would fight. Yeah, and he was in on it, of course. And then uh, it was just like a lot of like I really loved doing the, uh, you know, when where when is the show started? Pretty much, I always the philosophy behind that was as soon as the show was scheduled, it's already begun. Yeah. And so it would start online, and then by the time you, hopefully if you were following it on Facebook or something, by the time you got into the audience, if you were following that at all, mm-hmm. there would be so much already built up. Stuff that, that you would yeah. know about? Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So a little Kaufman in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then one time I did it back at the Comedy Central stage, and I, uh, in that show I murdered Sergio. <laughs> And, and that's what's implied. He just disappears at a certain point, and I come back covered in blood. And then uh, there was uh, everyone had a map, a mystery map that was drawn by Barrick. It was a really cool animated map that they could look at. And uh, after the show ended at the Comedy Central stage, it just so happened that I only lived about two blocks from there. Mm-hmm. And so 
the map, if you followed it, it led back to my apartment. And then in my apartment, I had it set up to where I had like work lights and then it was all covered in plastic and there was blood everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was a big uh, suitcase at the center of the room that was implied Sergio's body was in there. Sergio was in there, yeah. (laughs) And then, um, but it was basically just an excuse to bring people back and then have a hangout. And by the time I got done packing up at the stage and I got back to my apartment, and I had to like bring a ramp and stuff back to my apartment. I was like literally had a ramp, a big kicker ramp on a skateboard that I was pushing up the street. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to my apartment, I could see there was 40 or 50 people outside waiting and <laughs> just down below, <laughs> like looking up and my manager, my building manager just out of the balcony, like what is going on? <laughs> What's going on? And did you do a jump back at your house? Or? No, no. Uh, I just sort of um, had beer and milk and cookies for people and then... Uh, let people kind of go into the apartment to see it, to oh, see nice. the scene. That's yeah, really if cool. they would mention the uh, the suitcase, I'd threaten them to kick him out. Of. Did did, <laughs> did Sergio stay away? Yeah, but then we reintroduced him as Blurgio, <laughs> Sergio's <laughs> twin brother. <laughs> Blurgio. Oh, and he was mad that you murdered his. So brother. there was yeah. So later in the show, he was like haunting me, but it was blurred. It turns out to be Blurgio. Blurgio. <laughs> oh, that's great. You should. You think about. You might get it going again. Or? Uh, I've left room that there could be another trophy case. It's a really fun show, but it was also so much work. Uh, and basically, I got tired of. Uh, then I took that to the UCB after I'd done those shows. Then Mike. Uh, still, the AD asked me to to bring it to UCB because mm-hmm. uh, I had a hit on my hands, baby. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you gotta know? ride that lightning. Like, we are yeah. gonna we what are we gonna try to go up against trophy case? Mm-hmm. No, we gotta bring them in. Bring them in. Yeah. So I did a show at Sunset, then a show at Franklin, which was awesome. In the show at Franklin, I had I forgot my sweatshirt midway through the show, and so I had to leave the show. And ride my bike and wear a GoPro, and I w- rode my bike through the streets of Hollywood while the show was going on. In in the meantime, I rode it all the way back to my apartment, and then there I had a mental breakdown, and I quit comedy for good. <laughs> and I sang a song about it, and uh, but my good friend Joette took over and finished the show. Who's Joette? Joette is uh, well, she's a firecracker for one, <laughs> but she is a dear friend of mine. I'm not gonna say whether or not we've dated but there's some history and uh she was able to go take my bike Mm -hmm. race back through the streets of hollywood dressed very provocatively and in the footage in the in the video footage i managed to capture you actually see five cops following joette Oh really? Oh, through the wow. streets of Hollywood, because probably because the provocative manner in which she was dressed. <laughs> oh, how, how provocative! <laughs> Very provocatively dressed. Oh wow! And she raced back through the streets to UCB Franklin and finished the show. And I've seen the videotape. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then during the show, she played back the footage from both Joe and Joette. Oh, the ride. Yeah, that was called Trophy Case: The Ride. And in fact, that was maybe the last time I ever saw Harris Whittles was I had ran into him uh, backstage oh, and really? we had a, a nice conversation that night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harris Whittles and uh, Jerry Minor and Colton Dunn were backstage and uh, I remember talking to them about the show that I was going to do and they were all very That's awesome on board that they with were it. there. Yeah. To, it is Josh, you guys. What's that? So, oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> what, oh, you go ahead, Joe. I was just about to compliment. Uh, you guys have such a, you ask a lot of questions, which is really great. But uh, Josh, 
how's it going on the East Coast, and how do you like it compared to uh, uh, L.A.? Uh, I like the, the East Coast a lot. I like seasons. You know, the people are nice uh, on the, in the East Coast, and I like what showbiz, uh, showbiz produces, but sometimes it can become a little intense. You both know that, you know, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the crucible of entertainment that you both live in. Uh, yep. It's like everyone's in the business. The pizza guy has a script, you know? So, like, yeah. uh, up here, it's like no one has a script. So it's, uh, in a way, no one's pitching anything to me. Yeah, what's the equivalent of that up in Vermont? Like, I'm, I'm going to make a new maple sap water or something? Or? I, what, what do you mean, like, what's the, I gotta, the focus? I got to pitch this new uh, hemp soap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah. making some soap and making milk and, and beer probably, Everyone's right? got, got an organic uh, double IPA that they're brewing in their home, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know. But, but that's good, Josh. You, now you were able, you've got a little more space to grow out your beard and focus on that manifesto you keep sending me. Yeah. Drafts. He keeps sending me this thing about like how uh, technology is going to be the downfall of mankind. I can't usually, it's usually so erratic, I can't make out <laughs> what it is. But like he's got a lot of good thoughts in there and he keeps sending me stuff about, yeah, how technology is going to just rot out mankind from the inside. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think it's already destroying us. Yeah. yeah. You should come We're up trying- here, Joe, and we could write but, a manifesto together. But, you know what's going to happen? Uh, it's the natural uh, evolution of man as machine is next. That's why we're all staring at our phones is because we want to go inside them, and we will. And uh, why wouldn't machine and AI be the next uh, evolution of humanity? Would you want to do that, Joe, if we could all take our souls and insert them in, in artificial bodies? Beep, boop, beep, boop, bop. Our minds, like everything, just <laughs> upload all of our thoughts into these big, strong bodies, and we're still sitting here a hundred years from now. Uh, no, no, no. I don't need to be here for an, another. In a, you know, I mean, there's a nice idea to think about uploading your consciousness, but it wouldn't be you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you get scars, and that's part of you. You know. Yeah. 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 Do you think, uh, you know, 100 years is the limit, and then you would just lose satisfaction beyond that, even if you were perfectly healthy? Like, you would be, you would just feel this aching to leave, uh, leave the mortal coil after uh, 100 years, you know? Because maybe 150, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it would probably be fun to stick around for like a couple hundred. How how, how is it going up there, Josh? To bring it back down to earth, like what do you what'd you do this past weekend, or what are you planning to do up there? Uh, let's see. I did. Um, oh, I went skiing down in Grafton, Vermont. Uh, there's a cross country uh, ski place. Uh, and uh, oh, when you what today? No, on uh, uh, this past Monday it was President's Day, so I had mm. that off, and. Uh, mm. Yeah, we went we went skiing in Grafton, and then we went to the Harpoon Brewery in the middle of Vermont. And uh, sounds like you're living ooh. a postcard. It is like a postcard, postcard most lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, and then I just you know came home and uh, just went through the week. Just went, did my job. Uh, oh, we got in the Wall Street Journal the other day. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so for this podcast, uh, I'd like to. Oh, I'd like to give a, a a big thanks to our friend Matt Kitchen that wrote us into a little article. 
that he he did. And, yeah, just uh, today, Joe, I got a copy off the newsstand. So, wow. Well, yeah. the cool thing is that your friend is is when this comes out, he'll be going. Hey, I got a mention on Stacking Wood. Yeah, yeah. And he'll probably get a raise. His boss will find out. You got the Wall Street Journal mentioned on that podcast. <laughs> he'll be walking by with his earphones in. Yeah, yeah. maybe you never know. Uh, he's yeah. he's about to take a sip of coffee, spits it out <laughs> in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never, I haven't been to New York since one of the Dell Close marathons. Actually, like I oh, haven't yeah. been. Did you have you been to a Dell Close marathon in a while? It's been a while. I the last one I did, I think, was 2015 or 2016. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And it's always, I don't know, was it a mellow time that time? Or I remember the <laughs> first few I went to, it was kind of like a big party. Yeah, it's yeah. a big party, and uh, it's real fun. The th- <laughs> I think something that's funny is I've been to a whole bunch of DCMs, mm-hmm. and I've almost, I almost never watch improv shows. Yeah, you I don't go to those late couple, night ones where everyone's like naked up, and yeah, I end up doing a couple, and so then you end up seeing it that way. But I almost mm-hmm. never am like f- take the schedule and like, oh, I gotta see Thunderpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the group out of uh, Des Moines, mm-hmm. you gotta see. You can't miss Thunderpants. That's never been an experience with my DCM. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but it's always fun. Maybe it'd be little gems though to see. I don't know. I. It's funny, Del Close Marathon is this uh, marathon done in New York City uh, that UCB put, has been putting on for like, what, 14 years, 15 years? But uh, mm-hmm, it celebrates like Del Close, who was an insane man who <laughs> kind of helped develop the, the modern day Herald. He didn't invent it, I don't think, but he like pushed it along. Yeah. So, yeah. And like Besser and Amy Poehler and all the founders of UCB were his students. So. Yeah, it's a fun thing. The last one I went to, I remember doing a thing where we blindfolded ourselves. We did a blind show. And uh, oh. <laughs> I don't quite remember what was going on. I had a lot of beers and I couldn't see anything. So. Here, here's my only... Okay, let me throw out another criticism, a positive, <laughs> constructive one. I don't know why the point of that marathon isn't to do good, the best comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Something happens at that marathon that... And maybe it's that's uh, true. It's it's maybe it's a celebration of uh, there's no pressure and fuck it. Mm-hmm. It's just fun now. But it doesn't seem to raise the bar for comedy and improv. It tends to be a lot of drunken chaos, mm-hmm. which I suppose is fun. Yeah, at times, especially the late night. Remember yeah. we did a late night. Did you do crazy one hundreds? No, what's no. that? It was a group game. So we had like a 15-minute slot or 20-minute slot mm-hmm. late at night. And it was uh, maybe 100 people on stage. Probably not. Probably more like 40 people. Oh, at the main stage? And, you know, Crazy 8s? Yeah, that warm-up thing that yeah. improvisers one, do. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. And so on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Down to zero. Well, we did Crazy 100s. <laughs> and Just that was the, the whole show. show? Yeah. Did you get? Did, so did I feel you like get we down got to, to like? Sorry. Oh, did you get down to one? No, we got down to like ninety-one. Oh, so yeah. if you think about, oh right, because you have to oh, count down right. from a yeah. hundred. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, 
it was it's a funny Did idea. It, was it so? It was a lot of people on stage doing it. Yeah, yeah just all doing <laughs> crazy eight. So it was probably like a funny concept. It's mm. funny to talk about. Mm. Was it fun to watch that show? Of course not. You don't think was it like the waves of laughter where people are silent for a while, just watching this happen, and then it like gets funny after a while? Or I think it was almost not at all funny, but it's funny to talk about. So I'm glad it happened. Mm. Yeah, Del Close is fun. Yeah, it's super fun. I don't want to just complain about things. It's it's a, I do, it's a great time. I get what Everyone you're saying though, because I saw some of the first generation guys doing shows sometimes, and like they wouldn't hit game for like 30 <laughs> minutes, and they're just kind of laughing to each other, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of. I guess that's the spirit of it though. But yeah, oh, Joe, Joe, I'd just like to ask. Uh, What's um, one of your best uh, moments you've had in L.A.? Let's see. A couple of years ago, my baseball team won a championship over this team that was uh, just real nasty. Oh, really? And they had a player that kept coming out like during the season and in the playoffs. He kept trying to fight people. Every game, this dude would get like belligerent. And uh, during and, an intramural and, league, game, yeah, yeah. Well, this one was a little more unofficial, and but then we did hire an ump for the for the uh, tournament championship. But um, yeah, it was just like a sandlot kind of ball. You know, a couple of teams that did uh, uh you know, played each other, and mm-hmm. this dude would get so mad, and he couldn't, like, he couldn't just. I don't know. He couldn't separate it, but he would always go out on the field and interrupt the game and try to fight people like physically. Was he uh, wasted? Sometimes during the regular season, yes. I think drink played a part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the championship, he was just being an awful human, you know. Yeah. And uh, but we we beat this team in two games, and they were both really close, and that was a really that was awesome. Oh, cool. But I've also like. I think making the earliest show is one of the most fun things. Oh right, yeah, you recently did. I think it was 2016, the the early earliest show, mm-hmm. which was with uh, Lauren Lafkus and Ben Schwartz, right? Yes, yeah, and that was a blast. Uh, they are so funny, um, and I felt really lucky to be there. That was fun to make. Uh, one of the coolest things lately, I think, is just I've been making this show called Acting Tips, and uh, I had to go on a hiatus last year because I got hurt. But uh, I'm back. I'm working on new episodes, and I'm really excited about it. For me, this is replacing Trophy Case. This is kind of like instead of putting all my effort into live shows that people, you know, if they didn't see it, they didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to make content that can live on and will promote me as an actor, performer, director and creative person, creative entity, um, and something that can live on. So people are like, when can I see you perform? I can go, well, here you go. Click this link and yeah. enjoy this. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's cool that you're doing that. And I see like the setup you're growing back there. Like you've got all these <laughs> lights and like different lenses and stuff. It's it's pretty cool that you're learning all that. Yeah, yourself. I feel like yeah. the last three months has been like really a hands-on intensive YouTube film school. Hmm. I've learned so much about shooting, and uh, and I've been building a lot of stuff. I built an overhead rig that uh, so we can shoot overhead shots pretty easily. Oh, and yeah. I had you as a guest; it was fantastic. Yeah, that was really fun. I uh, and then you, I, we were up at the same wedding a few weeks ago, and then you, I had a suit, and you had me bring that over, and it's going to be in there. I don't want to give away too much. But that's uh, not why I had you on the show. 
It's just a coincidence that you happen to have a suit and <laughs> made an excellent guess. Yeah, no, I, I know that. But it's funny. Yeah, you, you did keep mentioning it, though, that, uh, that I had a suit. So I, I, th- I do think, though, you'd have me over anyways. So. Of course. Yeah. And uh, Josh, I would have you on if you had my suit, too. Yeah, well, maybe I'll uh, get your suit somehow, and then uh, you know I can bring it back to you, <laughs> or just come visit. Yeah, yeah, you should come visit. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want want to visit again. Uh, oh, you know what soon. was funny it was uh, right after we did that the other day. Oh, is that looking okay? Yep. Uh, after we did that thing the other day here, I went home and started watching the Olympics, and I saw you uh, throwing a cooler of beer at a <laughs> at a bear in a Volkswagen commercial, and I was like, "Oh, that's funny," you know, because even though that happens a lot out here, you see friends like on commercials. It, I always get a kick out of it, still in a weird way. I don't know. Yeah, uh, that one started playing. That was directed by Jake Szymanski. Oh, you yeah. guys know Jake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out yeah. to Jake. He's a great guy. Great yeah, guy and great funny. director. Super fun. He's uh, so fun to work with as an actor. Sometimes you get a director that's a nightmare to work with. Yeah, he'll, he's. it's almost kind of just like playing around. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes the, makes the performance so much easier than when you're uh, walking on eggshells. Was there, so there wasn't, a, was there a real bear? There? Yeah, there was a real bear there that, that day. That was awesome. Oh, wow. Wait, uh, and was it, so it was trained, it was highly trained? Yeah, highly trained bear. They, uh, I think they feed it like, uh, I don't know if I'm even allowed to talk about it. Oh, about how they, uh, I think they feed this bear like Oreos or something. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think that's, yeah, I think it's like, uh, and he's got a short attention span. So the bear had to like go and he, but he was, he was very good. And I'll tell you, uh, if you ever want a tough day as an actor, try following a live bear that's trained. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> First half of the day is a blast because it's all the bear. Mm-hmm. And the second half of the day, they turn around and it's like, oh, now it's an actor. No, <laughs> the whole crew is just like, oh man, bring back the. No, bear. you did a great job. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was really funny, but uh, yeah, that well, that's cool though. And you, so then they put the bear away when it was done. They just kind of drove it away. Yeah, yeah, they'd put it back in its trailer or whatever. Mm. Uh, Where did they shoot that? Uh, was that a big bear was, or something? That was up the Angeles Crest, so up at uh, Chileo, actually. Hmm. Oh, okay. Is yeah. there? There's like a that's national park land. Yeah, up national there. forest. And there's a campground up there. Oh, and you you like heading out to national park areas, right? Like you got a yeah. jeep, you got a on off road motorcycle. And yeah, all that. yeah, yeah. I really love exploring, and I think the national parks are one of the most incredible parts about this great country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the national parks documentary by Ken Burns is really great Mm -hmm. but i love just going out and being a way out in the desert alone or somewhere cool do you think it's like a good way to reset like if you've been in la for too many weeks in a row yeah in fact it's to me it's the antidote to la and um a, a couple years ago i went through a really really rough time in my life just like a series of events happened all at once Mm -hmm. and I was it really broke me I was really like I took some things personally Mm -hmm. I was really really upset I felt like everything was against me and one of the one of the things that was like a really good thing during that time was going out into the wilderness because the wilderness doesn't give a shit about any of that Mm -hmm. the wilderness like nature it doesn't it doesn't know what's going on at the comedy theaters. It doesn't care mm-hmm. what's going on. It doesn't care 
about any of that. It it puts it all in perspective. Yeah. Like none of that stuff matters. There to me, there it's it's sanity. It like when I need to go feel normal or sane, I like to go. Yeah have a trip like that and just puts it in uh, things in perspective josh and i definitely uh used to do that back before we moved back east sometimes we just not necessarily camping but we oh cool we'd go out to like where did we go josh way out to like a single a baseball game oh, out lake the elsinore the lake, lake elsinore, elsinore the uh, lake elsinore storm oh that's awesome we saw them for cheap and then another time we watched the tour of california on the switchbacks of mount baldy we camped out so oh, cool we just like yeah, we I can relate in terms of like how it's nice to just get away for a little while. Oh, for sure, especially when you face like what your job is is getting rejected constantly. Yeah. You go to audition after audition and just face brutal reject. Like imagine all your favorite movies. Think about all of your favorite movies. Like you've got a list of like 100 of your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Imagine all the characters from those movies in between the movies. Mhm. What are all those people doing? They're going on auditions and they're getting rejected. Yeah. Yeah. Like even John Wayne or somebody who's probably just like sitting at a bar. Yeah. Like if you let it, I feel like this whole business can kind of break you down. Or if you find a healthy balance, you can like find a way to live a normal life or, or like a life that is balanced, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I think for me, camping had a lot to do with it in me getting some new perspective and look, let me try to put to rest some of this UCB stuff. I still love it. It's still the place that I did a ton of comedy and met a ton of great people, connections like this. Mm-hmm. It's still a place where you can see amazing performers and get challenged by that and inspired. You can see a ton of great shows and blah, blah, blah. I don't want to uh, just hate on it. Um, I think for me, what a lot of that process going through that hard stuff and, uh, taking some time away from LA was, I had to kind of refocus and, and, and learn that like, you got to be bigger than these comedy theaters. Like if you really want to succeed, like Kevin Hart is not caught up in the petty political bullshit of some specific comedy world you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like i guess that's kind of what i'm just trying to hint at um well i think yeah with stand-ups stand-ups are a little more lone wolf self-sufficient yeah. they've always been whereas like improv and sketch and stuff it's like in a more of a community i suppose but yeah you are right into in terms of him like well, he does his own y- you thing. hear about yeah. people getting bogged down at the comedy store and all the politics who's getting stage time and all that and, oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, uh, but I guess yeah, I right, think yeah. Joe's saying that like Kevin Hart would just be like, "Well, screw that stage time. I'm just gonna, you know, go make something." Or yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll go do a show at a laundromat probably if he he, <laughs> he just wants to get heard, you know. Yeah, and he's that dude is just straight up funny, and he like, and that's part of what this acting tip show is for me is trying to uh, channel do something. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you can't just make a career on hating stuff and complaining, yeah. and even no, though I'm and, and working no, on it. But. And no one can tell you either way what you can do back there. Exactly. Just, like, And I was on a mod team for years. And after three and a half years of it, I was like, my role on that team was just to say the words. And I was getting a little 
bored with that. You know, like I want to do my own words. Mm-hmm. I want to make the words. Mm-hmm. And so that was what Trophy Case was about, was doing my own thing. And that's kind of what Acting Tips is about, is just trying to make something and do my own thing. And it's been so rewarding because it's forced me to learn this whole other skill, like editing mm-hmm. and learn about production and lighting. And it's challenged me in a whole bunch of ways. Do, it's, do you, it's, it's been great. Do you think... Uh, it's kind of just naturally rubbed off on you uh, doing all the lighting and everything, having been in so many things. Because you've been in a lot of, like, Funny or Die videos. I remember even, like, one of the first earlier ones I saw was you and Matt Jones and, like, Brian Husky sitting oh, around a yeah. dinner table and, like, Matt Jones has been mauled by a bear. <laughs> yeah, that is such a funny one. Like, do you think just through kind of, like, osmosis you kind of learned, like, how to stand in front of a camera and all that stuff just through doing all those videos or...? Definitely. And that's one of the reasons I did so many of those videos. In fact, I didn't make a reel for 10 years. Uh, And then when I finally did, I had a bunch of stuff to pull from. Like, I feel like Mm. I just kind of wait. And and for me, Funny or Die was a chance to just practice and learn. And Mm. yeah, you start to kind of, when I, when I went to do this show, I realized that, oh, I kind of know what this is. You kind of know what the shot should look like. You kind of, yeah, because you've been around it for 12 years. And you don't even maybe realize that you've been accumulating all this stuff. But I definitely, it was also a uh, YouTube, you know, just watching videos. Learning stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Oh, and with the earliest show, when you did that, what was that like? Did you guys improvise a lot or... Yes, it was almost all improv. I mean, of course, there were there were beats and like there was a larger arc that they had written out and and Ben he directed it and he kind of had it in his mind what he what he wanted. They oh, really ben had was it, directing it. Yeah, they yeah. really had it well planned out. And uh, and then we would do long like fifteen minute takes. And it was kind of parodying like a, a morning show, right? A network morning show. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of played the producer Mark, and um, <laughs> Ben plays uh, a guy, the anchor who was. Had was going through a breakup, and so he's going through the seven, <laughs> seven stages of grief. I think in every episode, mm-hmm. but he's still kind of like. And Lauren yeah. is the co-host, and they were just hilarious. And we just got to that was like ideal because it was had multiple cameras, and it was just improvising and improvising and improvising. It was so funny, and I guess that's another benefit. I guess in a way to the theaters that yes. you, you know those guys and you've all improvised a bunch, all of you, so that when you start doing something like that, you can just kind of go. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, what you do. What I did learn from UCB is the language and you learn the game. You learn. I mean, game is huge. You know, it's basically joke premise and how you improvise yeah. or write. It's kind of either either one. So game was huge, and yes, making those connections. Like I said, where would how would I have ever met Ben Schwartz if it wasn't for UCB? How would I have ever, you know, mm-hmm. there's a million things. So UCB really has meant the world to me. Mm. Don't get it twisted. But you haven't gotten a tattoo, right? No, but I never got a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. Who, who did Some that? Eric Capel? Did Eric Capel yeah, do Eric that? Capel, and yeah. I think Mitchell has one too. Wait, Mike know. Mitchell did? I think so. When did they he were, get I one? They were talking about it or something. I know J- Jack has a tattoo of Mitch, but yeah, <laughs> I thought I <laughs> heard a, Mike a Mitchell doesn't maybe, has a UCB one. Oh, maybe I maybe, should maybe ask maybe him. Not. I don't know, but uh, we, we should have a section. Oh, well, well, let's talk about you guys. Were so, we had such a nice breakfast at the Madonna Inn that was so. You guys really saved me. Oh, 
Whoa. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, well, we were having breakfast in the, what was it, like the cafe that's attached to the Madonna Inn where Jack was getting married, and we were about to settle in, but and Joe came by, and it was really hard to get a table that morning. Like, they were being really stern about it. So we were like, God, come on, sit down, Joe. You can sit with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I had scoped out the room earlier. I'd walked in there, and because people the night before had said 10 a.m. breakfast, but what I quickly pieced together was it was the wedding party. That's the, that's the one weird part about weddings is the wedding party, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, it was a 10 a.m. wedding party breakfast. Yeah. So I had like woken up and was really hungry and would have just strolled down and got myself something to eat. But I was like, oh, I guess people are eating breakfast around 10 a.m. I guess I'll wait. And then immediately at 10 a.m. I walked in and I realized, oh, the wedding party is eating breakfast at 10 a.m. And I'm not the wedding party. Mm-hmm. So then it was just weird. I was like, well, do I eat in this dining room full of people I know? Do I eat alone by myself? <laughs> yeah, and we saw you and we wanted you to sit down. because They were kind enough to take yeah. me in and they were on a double date too. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Our, our girlfriends were there and uh, yeah, we just yeah. scooted around and let you in. And it's funny because you asked the guy if you could pull a chair up to the table. You asked the, the waiter and he said no. Yeah, I basically had to wrestle a waiter to let me sit there. He kept saying no. Yeah, he wasn't even considering it. And then when we scooted around and let you into a free table, a free chair that was already there, he came back and he was like, I don't think you can do that, but I'm going to look the other way or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I got something to, you know, spit in my food or something. (laughs) (laughs) No. Some Madonna in. Those those eggs were delicious, though, Joe. And uh, thank you for picking up the tab. I yeah, feel we like, gotta get uh, Joe. We gotta get you breakfast. Hey, you got me this wonderful, this beautiful mug from the Madonna Inn. <laughs> yeah, oh, I gave him that right. that pink Madonna yeah. Inn mug. Yeah, yeah. so, so uh, I was touched by that gift. Have you used it yet? I haven't used it yet. It's sitting out there. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I'm thinking I might, you know, I might live on the the desk that I use, and then uh, when I do interviews, you know, that'll oh, be yeah. my oh, go-to mug. That would be great. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice pink mug. Hmm. Yeah, and it's huge. I was commenting that an un- unattended child anywhere near that mug, if it had water in it, could be deadly. Yeah, it is pretty like, big. Yeah, it's Maybe. like one of those buckets. You see the sign on the buckets of the kid, the baby that's drowned. I don't know if it's quite that there. big. But Joe, are you gonna um, do any improv this coming week? Or? Uh. No, I don't have any improv plans oh, okay. coming up. Uh, I'm really so focused on this show. Mm-hmm. It's there's several stages I've got to do before I officially start making the show, and one is I have to finish the building projects. Mm-hmm. But it's pilot season now, so I keep getting interrupted by auditions plus commercial auditions. Oh, so you're going out for TV shows? Yeah, I'm and walking into TV shows totally unprepared because I'm like working so hard <laughs> trying to get this internet show off the ground. But, and in fact, I almost want to stop auditioning for TV shows because I'm never going to get it. You're not going to get it unless they know you from something else and you're already famous. No, that's, that's not what the show's all about, though. I'm yeah. going to make the show, mm-hmm. and then years from now, someone will go, hey, that guy that's been making that stupid show. <laughs> no, you might. Who knows? Might, have you been doing like pilot season trying out for TV shows for a while now? Or? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten really, really, really close. In fact, I, uh, I signed paperwork for like six seasons of a show. Oh really? And saw what saw what I would have made had I booked it, and I did not book it. I was down to the, like the final two. Oh man! 
<laughs> and did you were you sitting with those other people Incredible. waiting to do it? Or? Yeah, actually, I think technically there was three of us. It got down to where only two. They only uh, had two of us audition, but uh, the person who got it was a third person who was not at that particular audition. He was like a, a little bit already more established. Oh, okay. And and was this like a last year or a couple of years ago? Yeah, it was like two or three years ago, probably oh. two years ago, and. Uh, Boy, I got close. And I've also, I've gone in for producers. You know, a, one of the big learning curves I had was um, if you go in for a multicam spot, mm-hmm. sometimes the producers, and this happened to me like ha- during an audition, I realized they were laughing. And I was like, why are they laughing like this? I was like, it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. And I realized they were acting like the audience, like which there's, you have to leave room for the audience to laugh oh like yeah like the more old-fashioned style show multi-camera yeah you have to pause you don't want to clip that laughter so so they were seeing if you could wait stand there i realized by the time i walked out of the room i realized like oh i need to pause i can't like they're that's why they kept laughing and i'm like saying lines it was weird um but that was like a big learning experience and then the next time i was better and i got i've gotten really close but not, uh, I haven't gotten that close. Isn't recently. that funny when there's something like that where if they just gave you the heads up, you could easily make the adjustment, oh, but yeah. they just don't. They're just like, let's just see if he <laughs> can figure this out. Same. Like, it's like the same time I auditioned, uh, the first time I auditioned to, for a voiceover agent, uh, I had no idea what I was doing and I was waiting for them to say the other lines. Like mm-hmm. it happens in a commercial audition. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, are, are you going to say the other part? And she's like you can go ahead. And I was like, but who's going to say And she's like, just say your lines. <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't tell you, tell yeah, you about no that. No one had yeah. told me that. But then years later, I took finally took some voiceover classes and I learned what was what. Oh, yeah. okay. So they expect yeah. you to do that so that you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah which voiceover classes was uh, super helpful, but that's also a whole racket because you're paying for classes and then, and then in return you end up getting brought in by that casting director which so it feels like you almost paid to get brought in by that casting director but they have to you have to learn you got to learn so yeah it's a it is funny uh yeah josh and i we'd go up for uh auditions you know i'd be i'd go to lots of callbacks but not usually get the thing you know Uh, yeah yeah. have you did did you guys book stuff when you were out here how'd that go (laughs) yeah not too many things one thing we were two like uh, workmen eating a a subway sandwich to get not for subway but just eating a big grinder together so we were they had us be twins for that thing and then just a few other little ones i did that were like maybe online nice or or, uh you did a lot of funnier die stuff right I did some stuff, yeah. I actually, I, I booked uh, Conan. Remember when Conan had the Tonight Show up in uh, yeah. Warner Brothers lot? I think. Uh, yeah. I got. Did you go up for any uh, outtake? You know how he does. He used to do side bits like masturbating bear and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I appeared on a Conan sketch that Scott Gardner directed, but that's it. Was I, that I when never... you you were Jay, right? Oh, I did jaywalking you were for Jay the Conan Leno. rally. Yeah, that I was did good. for the Conan rally. <laughs> I liked that was for funnier die. Oh, but what was this Gardner one? Uh, I did wake up and back up. It was a first morning show filmed entirely on the backup camera of a like <laughs> some Prius or something. You know, a car. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we were like running backwards that whole time while a car reversed and filmed. Oh, us. I it think was I really remember funny. that. Yeah, yeah. it's just a really silly sketch. Uh, Scott Gardner, very funny man. But I never. Uh, what 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 did you book that you auditioned for? So uh, I had a mustache at the time. Now Travis has a mustache, but uh, 
They were. You have a beautiful beard. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I had a mustache, and I was cast as a uh, divorced father uh, <laughs> at a bar on Valentine's Day. So we were supposed to be sad divorced fathers, and because uh, it was a Valentine's Day episode, and Conan was going to be like. I wonder, uh, you know, I'm so happy because he and Andy Richter were like giving each other Valentines or something. And they're like, I wonder who's having, not having a great Valentine's. And then it would cut over to us and we were uh, <laughs> like just dancing and there was one one single woman and then like 40 <laughs> single dance. <laughs> so, <laughs> Valentine's oh, so just great. dancing. But then, uh, yeah, it got, it got cut from the show, but it was fun oh, to no. be, it was fun to be on the tonight show set. And, uh, like Andy Richter, you know, was saying hi to us and stuff. So it was, a, it was a fun day. Another funnier die one that was kind of fun was, uh, with Tim Allen, he was chopping, trees down it was called arbor days oh great and uh <laughs> we got to meet him briefly and he's like oh you're from new hampshire aren't there like amish people up there or something like he said kind of like a vague thing like you didn't know what was up there uh-huh. uh so that was fun i don't know interesting tim allen yeah. he, he's like a big conservative right uh <laughs> i think so yeah he, he's conservative. he's in the show last man standing now i think yeah or, yeah i don't know uh boy my my family loved tim allen Oh, the Home Improvement? Tool Time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For Wendy. Who's Wendy? the assistant. Oh, Wendy. Yeah, she'd come out and give the power. No, it's Heidi. It's Heidi. Heidi. It's not Wendy. It's Heidi. (laughs) And Al Borland, yeah. Al Borland, that guy, that old dog. I'd love to see a show where it's just based around Al Borland going home after doing Tool Time. (laughs) 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 To see his life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, so... That was a fun show, I liked it. But pilot season, see, I'm not... I was never really in touch with all that. Like, I did the commercial stuff, but that goes from, like, January to when? Like, March or something? Well, yeah. To me, there's really no official pilot season anymore. Stuff happens whenever. Because Netflix will just grab people throughout the year, like, throw them in a van. Yeah, yeah. but, um... (laughs) (laughs) You're doing this pilot! Yeah. Uh, I've never been fortunate enough, but, uh... Yeah, in January is a big time, early part of the year, and then I think in the fall there's like another time, uh, a mini time, but it's less and less defined, and boy, it's brutal. I don't know. It's hard, and I don't know. It's just Do you need to like cross the 405 to get out to all those, or? No, no. A lot of them, uh, a lot of the ones that I've gone to are in uh, Hollywood or... Up in uh, Burbank or Warner Brothers, you know, a lot of they're all, a lot of on the big lots. Oh, so that's not too bad for you, because no, like, no, yeah. What yeah. about? Are you trying to get uh, get get back out there? Are you? What are you trying to do? Because this is what we had never actually covered on my show. Is are you back here to be a writer, to be a performer, or just to be here? Uh, no, it's definitely well. It is to be here. It's to all three of those. But uh, I I do want to. I would like to be in stuff again. What I've been focusing on is like writing like i finished sketch co- courses at the theater um which was kind of funny for me because it was like much younger generation taking the classes but right. i had only finished 101 and I, I i finished the rest of them i'd always wanted to like just finish to say i uh-huh. did and uh so now i've just been i want to start making more of my own stuff more videos and nice. like i just want to make more of my own stuff like you were talking about like we do this stacking wood podcast and I, I think it's a lot more fun because i get to determine what i'm doing and i get to control it yep. and uh yeah but i i would be open to 
to doing auditions again, but it's such like a time drain. Oh, and I'm doing like a nine yeah. to five. I think it's really coming. commendable that you've made it work. Like you haven't had to do nine to five, right? The whole time you've been out here. The first five years I was out here, I had a, I had a job. I was an office manager at a production company. Uh, oh, okay. And so you did that? Yeah. And man, there was a while there. The brutal years were just when I was racing from Santa Monica to UCB. And there's a couple years of that. And then mm-hmm. trying to do shows until late and then try to wake up on time. In fact, it became a problem because I couldn't show up to work on time. It was just so hard because I lived like on the, I can't afford to live on in Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah. So I had to commute there from the uh, other side of town. Mm-hmm. So it would take me an hour and a half in traffic in the mornings. Plus I'd been out doing shows till late. Yeah. Hanging out, putting in that time. So I think there was a there was definitely a few years where it was taxing. So would you ever like drive straight from work to the theater and do like a Herald show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I used to do that too. And one time I was talking to somebody, I forget who it was, but he didn't have to there are some people in the community that don't have to work at all yeah. their whole lives. Uh and uh <laughs> he was like, Wow, how can you be in a good mood after working eight hours like to do a show? And I was like Oh, I didn't really consider that. I mean, I have a Red Bull and like just like do a show, but uh, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it is rough, but you just kind of do it, you know? Yeah, and I was definitely burning the candle at both ends. It wasn't working. I became a fat alcoholic during those <laughs> no. years. I think it took me a while, and then like suddenly I was like, what? I'm way over 200 pounds. <laughs> I shouldn't weigh over 200 pounds. I'm a little guy. And uh, I had to go through a real some major life changes. And was that just kind of like a phase with our generation? Because I think I hit that around that time too. I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Each one of these beers is like a hot dog, yeah. and I'm having a lot of hot dogs every day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just and think- if I don't have hot dogs, I feel da- awful. <laughs> yeah, just every show. But you're looking beer, good. There's beer days. around on every show. There's like those side stages just have a cooler. That's how they make money. Is you know, you give a donation for some beers and I, it's fun, but yeah, mm-hmm. it adds up. <laughs> yeah. It's real easy to get into the, you're getting into the swing of things and you're every, you're at a, you're at a theater every night. And so what do you do? You have a beer or two or you, you know, that mm-hmm. was just like yeah. the thing. I think now if I went back to the stage, I don't think I would touch uh, the drink mm-hmm. particularly because I think, you know, during, during that time, um, I don't know. I was just like overwhelmed with stress and I was probably coping with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, did you ever experiment or play around though? Uh, I've talked about this with Josh. Like sometimes I'd have a little coffee before a show. Sometimes I'd have like two beers. You know (laughs) how people play around with that? Did you ever have like a magic thing that you thought was the thing that made a good show? Uh, Like a beer. So like one beer right before you go on? Fine. Or now I don't, I prefer no beers. I, I prefer to be, or like, you know, yeah, not more than a beer because uh, you like to be sharp. I think at a certain point I, re- I was, you realize it dulls you, it makes you slow. Yeah, especially help. with like, like improv. It, yeah, I, I could always, I would always need like a Red Bull or coffee to like keep up with some of the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I will say this. I've done. I did drug cage match two years, two different years, mm-hmm. and um, I was on team weed with I think Becky and Eric Appel, and it's still 
one of the funniest shows I ever did. It oh, was yeah. like, I mean, a part of it was because we were laughing because we were stoned, but part of it was because like the improv was actually hilarious mm-hmm. versus Team Booze, which is why they don't do the show anymore because inevitably, year after year, Team Booze would have someone get physically hurt or offend everyone and not do improv or someone would go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. It was like clearly a case study in drug use and the worst one was always booze yeah 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 and then what was the mushrooms people would just be like looking at the wall and feeling the touching things right like yeah like who would do that drew maybe drew yeah i just remember watching people have an existential crisis (laughs) he was wearing a backpack the whole time i remember i think i remember david harris maybe had to go home he couldn't do it. Like mm. that would be me. I couldn't never get on a stage if I was. I remember on what you would always do though, and sometimes I'd <laughs> see this at the side stages. Is you'd be really good at like it, you'd still be hitting the game and stuff, but you'd pick like a little detail or like an abstract concept and just keep hammering it and tweaking it until it's just really funny to me. And like I don't know, I would always really enjoy seeing a Joe show when oh, you're doing thanks. that. That's like yeah. the nice. You guys are like. Honestly, you guys are like some of the nicest people I've ever met. And just talking to you here today, it's like you're naturally just nice people and you ask other people questions, which is something that I aspire to. Oh, I think it's like a natural thing people do. I don't know. You think it's you think it's a New Hampshire thing? I don't know. I don't know. Uh maybe yeah. I don't have people in Ohio that uh Ask each other questions, I suppose. <laughs> no one in Ohio ask each other questions. Yeah. Something we're not used to. Well, certainly not in LA. It's all, uh, yeah. what are you working on? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. It uh, is funny. It's hard not to, yeah, it's hard to separate the, you know, just the normal day to day life with like doing stuff because it all kind of mixes together sometimes. And yeah. yeah, I think that's a tricky thing out here is like separating that. I, or maybe I fi- not separating it. I, I don't know. I find sometimes uh, even if I am going into a situation and I, the way someone appears, like I might have a bias against them, if you just ask four or five questions, they'll come up with something cool or like funny, you know? Like if you just keep going, eventually there'll be a fact like, and then I almost died like in a submarine or, you know, like they'll be like, I got groceries and I have a cat and uh, the weather was dreary and I almost died in a submarine one time. And you're like, what the fuck? You know, everyone has an interesting, something interesting. If you live long enough, like something, you know, and it's... Uh, no, but I have been, I've been to parties where, have you guys ever talked to someone and they'll just like talk about one thing for a long time? Yes. Yeah. Or I don't know. Or I've had friendships where uh, <laughs> where after a while I'm like, man, we hang out and it's just that person talking about their pitching their projects or something like that. Mm, and yeah. 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 Whatever. That happens. But uh, oh, have you gone back to Ohio in a while? I know we're kind of the time's going. but uh, Yeah. You yeah. know, I went back in December, yeah. actually, early December, in between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, I went back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, but I brought a camera along, and I, I had some purpose while I was home, and I filmed two music videos with my brother, and his band, and oh, uh, those are out. You can watch those. Um, actually, Kobe and the Prisoners is the band, and you can see those on my YouTube channel if you just search Joe Hartzler. I've got my own YouTube channel. I don't have a custom dom- domain yet, but uh, 
<clears throat> I've got the last, the most recent things I've posted, I think, are two videos, music videos that are really great by him and his band playing live and recorded in his oh, studio. Oh, yeah, I He's saw a, that. I like what you, you put up a thing, too, about how you're riding your motorcycle up to take a break before an audition. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's uh, also... Um, on my YouTube site is this acting tip show. You can go see most of season one. There are two episodes that still have not been released from season one, but they're in the works. They're getting there. Yeah. I saw the, the cut you just had. Yeah. The, of, of my one. So that should be fun too. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Oh, do you have a Twitter handle too? Oh, at Joe Hartzler is my Twitter handle. Oh, Josh, I was, th- Thinking, oh, do you want to do that that corny segment you always do? Yeah, is it okay, uh, Joe, if I do a segment? Yes, that I've been... he always does like this corny segment that's really cheesy. I don't oh, even please. know if the, if people like it. Yeah, but, I love uh, it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, this is this has been going a little bit. Uh, so uh, this segment is called Stacked or Whacked because this uh, this podcast is stacking wood. So I'm going to give you a topic and then give you. Uh, Examples from that topic, and you have to say if each example is stacked or whacked. Okay, <laughs> okay great. Yeah, yeah we ready? just kind of like do a couple. Yeah, you I ready? Love it. Uh, I just have three. So uh, uh, on this week's stacked or whacked, I uh, Google image searched some vintage bumper stickers, uh, and uh, this first bumper sticker it just says, "If you think I'm a bad driver, you ought to see me putt." And then it has a picture of Snoopy, and he has a little uh, golf club. Is that stacked or whack? I got to go stacked. Yeah? You like that? What do you say, Travis? Uh, well, it's talking about golf, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not as into golf, but I do like that there's a Snoopy. Does he have a golf club? Oh, yeah. He has a little golf club, and he's, <laughs> he's putting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the fact that they brought a Peanuts character in there, because so, that's really classic. So I'm going to go stacked, stacked. Yeah, on that one. All right, yeah. two stacks then. Okay, on to the next one. Joe, the, the next bumper sticker, stacked or whacked. Uh, this one was yellow. It looks like it's from the, the 70s, and it says... Beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. It's a Star Trek reference. For a... See, I haven't seen the latest Star Wars, Phantom Thread. Oh, this is this is Star. <laughs> this is Star Trek. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one either. Okay, beam me up, Scott. There's no intelligent life down here. <laughs> think the, the person wants to escape because he, he doesn't think anyone's intelligent. Hey, can I tell you what an alien theme joke I have? Sure. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Take me to your leader's wife. I know who's calling the shots. <laughs> <laughs> That's something my Uncle Arnie told me, that joke, one time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He was a crazy guy. He'd Uncle joke Arnie. around at the at the holiday get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd always have crazy old jokes. Okay, let's get back to this bumper sticker. Yeah, is it be beam me up, Scott? There's be, no intelligent life down here. Yeah, stacked or whacked, Joe? I'm gonna go whacked because I'm not a Star Wars fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whack, Travis. What do you say? Beam me up, Scotty. There's no intelligent life down here. It's on the back of a car. Okay, what kind of car? That's just the question I have. I, I'm, it's on the back of a, um, 
It's on the back of a Dodge Charger. Ooh. Dodge Charger. Like oh, okay, because I was expecting this. like a Prius or like a hybrid or something. But it's on the back of a Charger. I think if it was on the back of like an old beat up pickup truck, I'd like that because that shows more of a Renaissance person, you know, that they like to do all kinds of things and they like yeah, Star Trek. Yeah. But the Charger... No, I'm going to go whacked. Whacked. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. I, I, I'm almost feeling like changing my answer because even though, you know, I, I went for the funny answer, but the truth is I do like Star Wars a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I like the sentiment of no, you know, everyone, there's no intelligent life down here. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I'll feel that way. I'll be like, well, everyone grew up and became a gigantic dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you would have that bumper sticker? But I don't think I would have that bumper sticker because I'm afraid people would come up to me and say things and expect me to have a response. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to the holodeck. <laughs> you well, you could, yeah. If you had a big Star Trek suit on, you just drive on. Yeah. You could just park park that crooked in a lot, like designated parking spot, like Joss Whedon's parking spot somewhere yeah. with the uh, that sticker on there. So you're you're saying it's stacked then? I'm still gonna go whacked. I'm gonna stay with whacked. I like the sentiment, but uh, I'm not a Star Trek fan. Okay. Yeah. All right. Two whacks for beating me up, Scotty. The final the final bumper sticker. Of this uh, edition, stacked or whacked, uh, Joe. Here it is. Uh, and since we're doing what uh, the kind of car it's on, uh, this is on a uh, Chrysler Sebring. It's. Uh, I bet Jesus would have used his turn signal. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Jesus would have used his turn signal. So it's a. Uh Responding to a WWJD, it's sort of implying, it's like a syllogism there, right? It's like implying. Yeah, like those wristbands, yeah. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Well, I bet he would have used his turn signal. You know, uh, that reminds me of recently, I I watched a woman, uh, she was merging in traffic using her rosary. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) really? Yeah, she was like hanging the rosary out the window and like, Pointing to merge, and I thought, I don't know about that. Wait, was she really? She was <laughs> yeah. holding it out to get more sympathy, or yeah, like, I think she was like appealing to like the Catholics will let me in. Yeah, oh, that must be a thing. And I was like, I'm not religious, lady. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you not let her in? Uh, did you, I did, cut her off. Did I you, said, I'm not religious. No, I. You, I, you I hung your Quran out the window and cut her off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, people are holding all their different <laughs> religious their symbols out the window. It's like everybody's trying to merge. One of those swingy <laughs> things with the smoke in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it's a Catholic thing. Yeah. Uh, so what do you say, Joe, on this Chrysler Sebring? It says, I bet Jesus would have used his turn signal. Well, I got to say whacked because I think it's being pretty self-righteous, isn't it? It, that that's that's like the first stone cast, and so the person driving that car is like, it's like really you've never forgotten to use your turn signal hmm. ever. Yeah, uh, G- Jesus probably didn't. Sometimes, if if he was born in an era uh, like present time, he. So you're you saying think Jesus ever farted? 
<laughs> Jesus never farted. <laughs> you think he did? He probably did, right? He'd do it silently and he'd walk out of the room probably. Because he was perfectly God and he was perfectly man. So if he so he definitely farted if he's human, right? Yeah. You know, well, you think did the apostles laugh or not laugh? Probably they would just kind of you'd see in their eyes that they thought it was funny, but they would try to be serious, you know, like you're at a, a, a serious meeting, <laughs> a serious business meeting. Jesus has just finished the Sermon on the Mount. Was that Jesus that gave the Sermon on the Mount? Would his uh, robe flutter a little? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my God, Jesus, you're so the worst. Uh, oh, so Jesus had his own scent, too. Yeah. Um, here's something that my a friend of mine used to ask, and back when I was a real, like, queasy Christian, I wouldn't know how to respond. She'd say, did Jesus get a boner? Oh. What do you guys think? Hmm. Do you guys, I don't know if you're into theology or... I think uh, everyone in the morning can't help it. You know, you get the pressure in your bladder and it happens. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, did you say no back then? Like he's like a Ken doll? I would say Elaine is what I would say. <laughs> you know, like Elaine, come on. Don't, come on, no one wants to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like don't be. Like let's not talk about. It's actually religious. Jesus yeah. have a boner. But I think it's an important uh, issue because he was, he was a man, right? It was God as a man, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Probably boners. And yeah, yeah. I think it's, it was pro- there's something holy sometimes about it. <laughs> there's a little nice uh, halo boner. over it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <The> flow, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would say about that bumper sticker, what was it? Sorry, what, I would, Jesus, it would Jesus use his blinker? Uh, <laughs> it's on a Sebring Classic, huh? Chrysler uh, Sebring. Chrysler Sebring. Is that like a PT Cruiser? Sort of. It's in the Chrysler line. Yeah. It's kind of like just a sedan, right? They have yeah. the uh, the convertible ones of it. It's like a big, kind of a big car. It's like oh. a big oval of a car, if you saw yeah. it from above. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, Jesus. I think it's kind of snarky. Uh, kind of, I don't know, calling people out. I I like it when better when people are direct. I don't like it when they're like, well, oh, thanks for keeping the door open and it's five below. You know, like I'm not as into that. I'd rather someone just say to me, like, it's cold, please shut the door. So I don't like it when people, yeah, are indirectly kind of like mouthing off. Yeah, we're not trying to eat the outside, boy. So you don't like passive aggressive bumpers? I don't like passive aggressive statements like that. So I'm going to say, uh, whacked on that. So okay. I would like a bumper sticker that said something about uh, who Jesus would have voted for, because that's right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. This has been very educational. Uh, I know. I feel like we covered a lot of stuff, and I'm I'm really happy, Joe, that we got to do this with you. I mean, we'd like to have you back. You know, I feel like we we could go into a lot of other stuff too. Oh, I had so much fun, and I'm sorry that I talk so much. Oh no, that's what it's all about. They don't want to hear about, like... <laughs> I love the stacked or whacked. That was a great segment. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Well, you like thanks. it? Oh, good. Yeah, Travis, uh, you know, was saying maybe the people wouldn't want it, but I think uh, if you like it, we might do it again. You know? That was great. No, I think it was great. And let me just try to uh, see if I can smooth everything over. I love Christians. I love the UCB. I love improv. I love all these people. I love mod. Uh, 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 in fact, I heard there were some new mod teams made, so I want to say congratulations to all the new uh, unpaid servants of comedy. <laughs> chosen. <laughs> no, I like to talk a lot of shit, but it's only because I want things to get better. And uh, uh, but I still I love UCB, and I acknowledge uh, all the uh, 
wonderful opportunities it's given me. And let me also just end on another positive note, because I'm also complaining about acting a lot. I just want to say there's some casting directors out there and some other actors that you run into that make it all worthwhile. They're wonderful people. They're positive and they're encouraging. And like, on like truly, I've met some amazing people who make it so worth it. Uh, so you're able to to stomach it when you get the uh, every once in a while you get a session director who's like real condescending or, yeah. you know. But they're just dealing with their day and uh, overwhelmed and stressed too. So yeah, no, that's true. There are people that make it nice to be out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, yeah, thanks really for having cool. me on the show, yeah. and uh, welcome back to L.A., yeah. and uh, good to talk to you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, I, thanks a lot. Yeah, I, and, I, I, yeah, hope to see you real soon, and hopefully I can travel out, and maybe we could do one in person sometime. So That would be awesome. Right. I would love that. Yeah. Great. That'd be cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, Joe, and this has been another edition of Stacking Wood with Josh and Travis Wyman. And, uh, yeah, just stack that wood, baby. Yeah, <laughs> stack that wood. Hey, did you guys ever find a snake in a stacked woodpile? Is that something that happens? Sometimes garter snake. Yeah. Uh. Yeah.